Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 56, Making Music. For six years in junior high and high school, I played flute in band. Music was a huge part of my life in those formative years. I was pretty good at it, didn't need too much practice, and my band marks really, really boosted my overall average grade all through those years. It formed a big part of my identity, and there are times when I look back now, 20 years after my high school reunion, and wonder where it went. But then I remember auditioning for a music class in university and not making the cut by a long shot. And I remember going to one practice of a community band after after having been out of the game for about a year and feeling very inadequate. And then it doesn't seem so surprising anymore. I've been thinking about that a little bit over the last few weeks, and I've come to the conclusion that if I had continued with the kind of musical education I had in the first three of those six years then there's a strong possibility that by the time I had finished high school, I would have been a musician instead of just someone who played music. In junior high, I learned about music. Band class with Mr. Thorlasius wasn't just about practicing pieces as a large group. There was actual learning. What's a major key? What's a minor key? Let's do a quiz. I'll play two notes on the piano and you tell me how many steps there are between them. Let's go over scales. I'll give you a key and you write out the major, minor, and jazz scales for that key. I spent three years absorbing basic musical theory, at the same time as learning about performance and working as a group. My high school band teacher, by contrast, was focused wholly on performance. I remember maybe once or twice in those three years where he tried to do some musical theory teaching, but None of us were interested, and he simply didn't care enough about it to make us do it. In high school, we could play, mostly, and perform, decently, but didn't know much at all about music. I've been thinking about this more recently because I've just published my first pattern for sale on Ravelry, and I'm knitting up a second test on another original design. Never in a million years would I have thought I would be a designer, and I still feel a little bit like an imposter. I mean, what did I do besides grab a few stitch patterns from Barbara Walker, put them in a basic shawl structure, and knit it? That's really not much at all. And my little Kindle cozy, there's nothing special there. Just a colorwork design put together with a gauge and a defined size. It's not like I've done anything hard or complicated. Anyone could do it, really. But I think back to myself even two years ago, and I couldn't have. The word of the designer was law. They knew much better than me, and if the project didn't work out, well, that was because of some failure on my part, not an inadequacy in the design or a bad combination of design and body size. But slowly, things started to change. I started to be able to look at my knitting and determine where I messed up and what I did to make that happen. If there was something that wasn't working out in the pattern, I could decide what I wanted it to do and make it do that instead. I became someone who was beginning to understand the theory of knitting 
instead of just someone who knit. In the same way that not every person who understands musical theory becomes a composer, not every knitter who understands knitting theory will become a designer. And I think I will probably never be an Anne Hansen or Kieran Foley or Jesse McKittrick. But for someone like me, who is constantly striving to increase my knowledge and skills, what better application is there for, for me learning all of this knitting math than to try and make something new? try and guide people through their own awakening into the world of knitting theory and see that it's not as scary as all that, really. Elizabeth Zimmerman was of the opinion that knitting was easy, and that not only could everyone do it, but everyone could make changes to designs, adjust them to fit, and play about with them as they saw fit. Really, she is quoted as saying, All you need to become a good knitter are wool, needles, hands, and slightly below average intelligence. I guess there was a part of me that didn't believe her. We are bombarded these days with ball band patterns that say results not guaranteed unless you use this yarn and these needles. There are designers who do amazing, intriguing, beautiful things with yarn and needles, and at a prolific pace that some of us, myself included, can't hope to match. But we all have the same raw material. Knits and pearls, yarn and needles are the same as scales, steps, and keys. I might not ever be Beethoven, but that might not be what I'm aspiring to. Maybe all I want is to be able to put some notes to a page and make music that everyone can enjoy. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. Well, that was um, a bit of a longer break than I had anticipated. I just re-listened to the last episode that I, I I had recorded, and it was I was talking about my car accident, and wow, that was a long time ago. Um, so what happened after that? had very little to do with the car accident. I got sick. I got really, really sick to the point where Mike actually made me go to the hospital. And it was a good thing he did. I, I'm not, I'm going to spare you the gory details. Um, I was never admitted or anything like that. But let me just say that your whole digestive system from beginning to end, you never let that get out of control because it can have effects on every single system in your body. And so I was sick for quite a while. Between that and my um, my tubal surgery, I had laparoscopic uh, tubal ligation as well around the same time, I was off work for three weeks. And uh, that on top of the fibromyalgia was just too much. I, I, a lot of things had to, had to slip. And one of those was the podcast, unfortunately. And then of course, being sick for that long and being unable to do much of anything, I was really, really behind on level four. So I had to push really, really hard to get it done. I'd ended up taking uh, the extension. Um, but I was done my level four workbook by beginning of September. I I aimed for Labor Day 
and I actually made it. I wasn't 100% put together. I still had some of the writing to do, and um, I went on a short break off to uh, Vancouver Island for the Labor Day long weekend, and I left my final project blocking on the floor of the exercise room with the door closed. So when I got back, it was a matter of a of a night, and everything else was put together. So done and marked. I passed. I uh, I passed decently, um, not as high as I would necessarily like, but uh, but it's the mark I deserved. I lost marks on consistency, and if there's any advice that I can give to anyone in the Master Spinner program out there is practice your consistency because that's where I lost marks. And it frustrates me a little bit because um, one of the side effects of my fibromyalgia is that I have reduced feeling in the tips of my fingers. I have about 50% feeling. So I can't feel the minor variations in grist. And I can't see them either. So consistency is going to be an issue for me. I mean, I just I just have to accept that. I'm going to have to accept that for level 5 and for level 6, I'm going to lose marks there. I think I can still pass. I think I can still pass well. But I'm not going to pass as high as I would necessarily like just because of that. So, but it's done. Uh, the final project, the 75-hour final project... If I had just been knitting it or or doing it for fun, I would have burned the yarn and the project. Just almost from beginning to end, it was disastrous. So, but it, you know, it's done and it doesn't look horrible. And I will put it in the, uh, in the fashion show. What I ended up doing was a merino silk and cashmere blend of uh, of yarn in a in about a, a fingering weight and i dyed it in four different colors and then i knit my original pattern that that i've just posted on ravelry and there's a whole bunch of stuff that went wrong the 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 dyeing in the dyeing it the the uh, the dye bags exploded, so I got blue on the yellows and t- turned them green. Um, in the blending part, the my drum carter was just anyway. Yeah, my drum carter didn't quite work out, so I had to borrow one. But because it was merino and silk and cashmere, it was very fine, and so I ended up with neps. And so the spinning I had these chunks in it, and oh, and on and on and on. And then uh, and then by the time but i but i'd made up a bunch of time um that i'd anticipated using so by the time i got to the end of the shawl i was sitting at 55 hours and i had to figure out where to find 20 more so then i'm like oh, okay well so then i ended up pulling i had extra singles from my three ply so i pulled that and i decided to knit the shawl again a smaller version for my lamb figured that would take up 20 hours based on the the knitting time for the original shawl and that would have worked out great because I, I knit the first section and then weighed it and then did all my calculations based on that and dyed um, all the different skeins. And that would have worked out great if I'd actually finished knitting the first section instead of stopping 10 rows before the end. 
So all of my math was off and I was short on yarn and I got to the end and I had to deconstruct some of my three ply for the any final like like 20 or 30 rows of the border. And uh and yeah, I just I said I'm done. <laughs> I was at 72 hours and I'm like, you know what? It's close enough to 75. I just don't care. But you know, it's a learning experience and and I learned a lot of things in this project. So so you look at the final product and you don't see all of the insanity that went into it or you do when I tell you about it. So it it worked. I'm through. I passed level 4. Uh the level 5 class in June was awesome. There we had a full class. It ran and uh, and it's looking promising that even though level six next year is not guaranteed to run at Fiber Week, hopefully there'll be enough of us that go through um, that level six will run. So I am now working hard on my level five homework. And I'm trying to be a bit more consistent about this. I, I had a pretty insane October. Now that we're into November, I think I can get back into... My friend Kara uh, worked it out that if you do two skeins a week, you can be done in like 24 weeks. So I've currently completed nine skeins. Uh, module A4, which is the synthetics, is done. That's, uh, that's six. Mo- the module E for all the dyeing is also completed. Um, that is three skeins and two projects. So what I've got left is 38 skeins, two swatches, and the final project. This one, this final project's only 50 hours, but it has to be cellulose fiber. So I'm still tossing up what I want to do with that. I'm thinking of spinning cotton and dyeing it, and then possibly knitting up a small kneebling or some other um, complicated-ish um, table piece or shawl. Not, not, not a shawl, but like a doily of some kind. Uh, but I'm still working on that. There's at least one or two skeins within level, level five skeins that I can sort of test the cotton on and see uh, if it's, um, you know, the, the kind of cotton I want to spin. So there's that. I am away this coming weekend down to the Calgary Fiber Arts Fair. But uh, starting the weekend after that, I will be trying to do at least two skeins, if not three, uh, every week. And and hopefully I can sit down during the week and, and do some as well. So f- level five. Oh, I'm so close. My level six independent, uh, in-depth study. I submitted my proposal to the committee and it was accepted without changes. So... Uh, at the very least, I have my level six in-depth study all ready to go. So what I plan to do um, after level five and after my level six test, hopefully next year, is I will be um, looking at the suitability of common protein fibers and blends for knitted lace. And this requires me to spin 22 50-gram skeins of um, four different fibers and various blends thereof, and then knit the same swatch 44 times. 
because you need to make two copies of your final project, one for you and one for Olds College. So I also have to find a lace pattern of decent size, at least an eight inch square that I want to knit 44 times. Yay. That's okay though. I, I'm, I'm glad that I actually have an in-depth study ready to go. Now, um, when we left off, we were in the middle with, of level three. And the next thing to talk about for level three is module C2, which is all your specific twists per inch skeins. And this is pretty um, relevant because there's also specific twists per inch skeins in level five. And I had some issues, and I'm still trying to figure out where those issues came from. Now, I, I did okay on my relatively low twist per inch skeins. My 1 TPI and my 4 TPI were fine. But as soon as I got into the higher TPIs, 8s, the 8, 12, and 15, it wasn't consistent. And... I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back because this is a good two years ago now and, and I'm a better spinner now. So I'm hoping that the, the fact that I have more practice at this um, will serve me in good stead. But I think one of the things to really focus on is you, you really do need to know the ratio of your wheel. And don't just go by the, what the manufacturer said. Um, we had to do presentations in level five and one of my classmates did a presentation about determining the ratios of your wheel. And one of the things, one of the tricks that she had, instead of, you know, putting tape on and counting the revolutions, um, so one, one turn of the drive wheel and how many times does tape come to the top on your, um, on your flyer, take a piece of string and wrap it around your drive wheel and cut it where they met, where they meet and do the same thing on your flyer because then you have an exact measurement of what your drive wheel is and what your flyer whirl is and then compare them and make that ratio which is brilliant and I'm going to definitely do that on my wheels um, before I start doing the twist per inch skeins for level five other than that um and, and also, you know, making sure that your drafting zone, I think the trick is to make sure that your drafting zone isn't too terribly long. Now, sometimes I didn't have a choice because my traddy only has one ratio, which I'm assuming is 6.67, but maybe a little different than that. The longer your drafting zone, the more chance you have of missing it. An inch or two or even three you know, you can probably figure out pretty easily and, um, if you just tape on your leg or you have one of those fancy um, drafting zone uh, gauges on on your lab cloth. But it, the, the angle of where you're looking as you get further, I think, has a, it, it, there's, a there's a higher possibility that you're going to miss it. So I think it's probably best to keep your drafting zone as small as possible and, and use the appropriate ratio. And also make sure that your grist matches. my uh, The grist on my 15 TPI 
skein was too too thick for for the twist per inch. It needed to be a, a, a great deal thinner. So there's all kinds of things to balance when you're doing the twist per inch skeins. And, and the only thing that I can suggest is, is practice. You have spots to slot other things into. Um, you, you also need a two-ply cotton, a two-ply silk, a two-ply wool worsted, a two-ply a three-ply wool woolen, and a two-ply wool silk blend. That's all part. There's 10 skeins in this particular exercise. So you have places to slot things into if they don't happen to fit when you're doing like the, the 15, 12, 8, 4, or 1. So that's at least something. But uh, but definitely take the time and 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 spin more than you think you need to, and be patient with yourself. You know you're you're this is something new and you're learning it. So anyway, that's all I have to say about twist per inch at this moment in time. And I'm hoping that next time I record an episode will be at least four, if not more, skeins into module. Um, B2 of level 5, which is bamboo, corn, soy, and hemp fibers. Fiber Notes I'm not even sure all the things that I've knit since I recorded the last episode. It's been almost eight months. And I know I've knit a bunch of stuff. I've, uh, I've done a couple of Christmas presents. My parents asked for Christmas knitting this year. And so I knit things for them. And uh, those are finished. My Christmas knitting is done because that's all I'm doing. And I've knit a few other things um, as well. Um, but but I, I, I finished the scarf I was talking about in the last episode for the, the lady I rear-ended and she very much liked it. And, uh, and it was very gratifying to, to give it to her and, and to have her say that, that that was so nice of me and that she will treasure it always. So that was, that made it all worthwhile. But, uh, but for me to go back through eight months of projects, I'm just not going to do that to you. So let's talk about what I'm working on right now. I'm working on the second test knit of my little Kindle Cozy. Uh, the first one had some things I'd like to do differently, so I've written it out, and now I'm knitting it as written. So I'm a little less than halfway through that. I'm hoping, hoping that by the end of this weekend, I will be finished that. This one, this pattern, I'm going to put it up on Ravelry, but I think I'm just going to put it up for free because it's pretty small. There's there's not much to it. And then I feel like I need to design more, you know, in my copious spare time. But, uh, but we'll see what comes next. Um, on the spinning side, the fun spinning side anyway. So what happened every year, my work has their really big AGM down at the Shaw Conference Center here in here in Edmonton. And I haven't been able to knit. Uh, apparently the optics are bad of me sitting up there, you know, knitting and paying attention, actually staying awake through the whole thing. Um, because I run the slides uh, at the front of the room. And even though it's dark and no one can see me, apparently it's still bad for me to knit. So, okay, whatever, that's fine. I actually went, I have, a, I have a new boss, and I went to him and I said, okay, well, I need to do something with my hands, so let's find something for me to do. 
Um, can I knit? No, no, I cannot knit. So I offered that I could bring my e-spinner, my Hansen, put it under the table and, uh, and spin because that's lower down and in my lap and no one can see. Oh yes, that was a, that was an excellent idea, even though it's harder for me to start and stop that than it is for me to put down a sock, for example. But whatever. So over the course of three days, I spun up probably 125 grams of fiber. I had two beautiful bats from Spin Heart Spin that I bought a couple years ago. No idea what's in them. There's no label. They're, I believe it's um, Superfine Merino in yellow with carbonized bamboo, so little black bits. Anyway, I had two bats. Um, I tore those into a pseudo roving and uh, spun that as lace weight. So I've got two bobbins of that waiting to be plied. And then I started that, that, oh, that took me less than two days. That was, I was getting a little worried that I hadn't brought enough fiber. But uh, the next thing I had was 100 grams of, uh, of roving from abstract fibers. It was a, it was a skein or a, a roving that Mike picked up for me several years ago when he was down in Philadelphia as a present. And it's, it's beautiful. It's called poppies. Uh, that's the colorway. And it's this really, really bright red and yellow and orange and purple. And it's a 50% merino, 50% silk. So I'm spinning that up also very fine. And uh, because the, the color blocks are long enough, I'm going to chain ply it when it's finished. And I'm probably only about a third of the way through. So I need to finish that. And then I can ply both of those things and then I'll have fun things, uh, fun yarn to do stuff with. But yes, I was a little put out that I wasn't allowed to knit because I probably could have finished a pair of socks in, uh, in those three days. Uh, I am working on a pair of socks right now for, uh, for our roommate and, uh, yeah, he's got feet the, the same size as Mike's, so um, it takes a bit to do. I would have really liked to have, you know, made a good dent on them, but not to be. So once the uh, Kindle Cozy is finished, that will be my traveling project, going back and forth to work and other places. In terms of large projects, I am working on the summer garden shawl from Donna Dracunas. This was a mystery knit along that she did this summer. Obviously, it's November. I'm behind. I'm on clue four. There's lots of Estonian stitches, like gathered stitches and, and noops and things like that. And they're really, the texture is beautiful. But the, the needles I'm using are so sharp that especially with the gathered stitches, I knit holes in my fingers. So have to be a little careful with that. I have been trying to be a little bit more monogamous with my projects just because I have so many on the go and I have several that I'd really like to start. So I'm trying to be a bit better. Um, for example, there's a, there's a thrummed mitten. I've, I'm about halfway through it, maybe third, maybe a third of the way through it that I can finish that. Then that's off my plate pair of socks. That's relatively easy. That can go Kindle cozy need to get that project finished 
And then there are a few other things. There's two shawls on the go. There's still a cereal. I can't believe I'm not done a cereal yet. It's crazy. And also Mystere. I had to tear Mystere back. Um, and so it sort of went in timeout because I was a little annoyed at it because I had to tear it back almost the whole way. So those two are sitting there as well. Um, I am still trying to get Gage. I think I'm pretty close uh, on a swatch for uh, Orange. It's a nitty pattern from a few years ago. It's a, it's a colorwork cardigan with steaks. And I have the yarn for that as well. So things I'd like to get to. But uh, but yeah, trying to trying to get through things so they don't sit and languish. I'm really happy to be done the uh, my Christmas knitting for the year or for this year. As long as no one asks me for anything else at this point. Do still have to finish my level five homework too, you know. But uh, but I have been finding more time to do things that are fun for myself. And, you know, especially with winter coming again, um, work has been, it's been okay, but it has had its stressful moments. And I really, I've really missed having that kind of release of doing things that are just for me, just for fun. So I'm going to keep doing that but I really would like to clear out my little side table of projects sooner rather than later. By the Wayside If I was on the other side of the microphone, I might think that uh, eight months, if I'd been consistent about working on Christmas Elegance, I might be finished it. And you know what? You would be totally within your rights to think that. But of course, I was not consistent about working on Christmas Elegance. In fact, I don't think I've worked on Christmas Elegance very much at all in the time that I haven't been doing the podcast. So it is not finished. What is finished, however, is all the cross-stitching. That is completely done, as well as all the gold, and I am actually on the beads. There are a lot of beads. They take a really, really long time. I have put in, oh, I don't know, probably at least six hours on the beading. And I haven't gotten very far. The other thing that I'm finding, too, is that the beads, and I don't know if it's the way that I'm doing it, like the the way I'm attaching them. I'm doing them with a full cross stitch, not a half cross stitch. But they don't seem to be appropriately sized for the the gauge of fabric and the rest of the stitches. So if I'm doing them in a vertical row for every four, I only do three because otherwise they just, they don't fit. So there's a little, there's a few little things there that are being a little odd, but, uh, but no, the, I'm working on the beading and it's taking a very long time. Now, if I am consistent in working on it at least once a week, might get done by Christmas, but might not. And I don't know if Sheila necessarily cares if it's done by Christmas. I keep sending her, you know, I've sent her a couple of pictures of the beating, one of which I will be putting up with this uh, with this episode because 
it's dark and I'm not going downstairs to unfold everything and take a picture. So we'll get a full picture of Christmas elegance for the next episode. But, uh, but yeah, she seems pretty, pretty happy with it. And, and I mean, I, I enjoy the beating. The one thing I don't enjoy is our, our new kitten also very much enjoys the beating. Uh, we got a new cat about a month ago and he uh, was born in June. His name is Hoshi and he likes to get into things. And the one time that I was sitting there beating, he thought that was the best thing in the world. And I had to get Mike to come and rescue me before he scattered beads everywhere across the basement. So I have to find times where he's feeling a little more mellow to, uh, to work on Christmas elegance as well. But it's coming. And, uh, and now that I'm recording again, I think I will be able to take at least one evening a week, sit down and do a bit of beading. And you know what? It's just like, it's just like knitting every, every stitch. There's a lot of them, but they all add up to a completed project. So cross your fingers, uh, that, uh, that Hoshi decides to let me do some beading, um, sometime this week. And yeah, We'll just, uh, we'll keep plugging away at it. Not going to make any guarantees for Christmas, but, uh, but we'll definitely see. Thank you for joining me for episode 56. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 57 on November 15th, 2015. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion on Facebook or Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at bythefiberside, that's F-I-B-R-E, at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.